Hi, best friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we are telling some good picks from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by Alvin Schwartz. A classic. Yeah, they're classics. I remember reading these as a child and they are just a freaking staple for the Halloween season. And so we thought that'd be the best way to kick off October. So basically, we're just going to read them and then maybe talk about them a little bit. So the first one is called The Babysitter. I think Caitlin's reading that one. I'm already scared. Babysitting is terrifying. Yeah. Children. (laughs) Yeah, children are horrifying. So the babysitter, it was nine o'clock in the evening. Everybody was sitting on the couch in front of the TV. There were Richard, Brian, Jenny, and Doreen, the babysitter. The telephone rang. Maybe it's your mother, said Doreen. She picked up the phone. Before she could say a word, a man laughed hysterically and hung up. Who was it? asked Richard. Some nut, said Doreen. What did I miss? At 9.30, the telephone rang again. Doreen answered it. It was the man who had called before. I'll be there soon, he said, and he laughed and hung up. Who was it? The children asked. Some crazy person, she said. About 10 o'clock, the telephone rang again. Jenny got to it first. Hello, she said. It was the same man. One more hour, he said, and he laughed and he hung up. He said one more hour. What did he mean? Asked Jenny. Don't worry, said Doreen. It's somebody fooling around. I'm scared, said Jenny. (laughs) Jenny's a smart one. Me too, Jenny. (laughs) About 10.30, the phone rang once more. When Doreen picked it up, the man said, pretty soon now. And he laughed. Why are you doing this? Doreen screamed and he hung up. Was it that guy again? Asked Brian. Yes, said Doreen. I'm going to call the operator and complain. The operator told her to call back if it happened again, and she would try to trace the call. At 11 o'clock, the telephone rang again. Doreen answered it. Very soon now, the man said, and he left and hung up. Doreen called the operator. Almost at once, she called back. That person is calling from a telephone upstairs, she said. You'd better leave. I'll get the police. Just then, a door upstairs opened. A man they had never seen before started down the stairs toward them. As they ran from the house, he was smiling in a very strange way. A few minutes later, the police found him there and arrested him. Ew. I know. And I will say, like, the part that it's like, uh, he was smiling in a very strange way. Have you seen the, like, um, promo for Smile? The new horror movie? And, like, that's what I'm picturing as he's coming down the stairs. I'm like, ew, that's so creepy. <clears throat> I hate that that's like unresolved. Like, why was he in their house? I know. And it's like this story is the blueprint for like that clown story. Yeah. You're telling me about like where it was like, what? Can I move this creepy clown statue? And the he's the like, dad, like you, you need to get out of the house. A- <laughs> yeah. Like, get the kids. Right. And then the clown stabs them all. Yeah. 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 Horrifying. If you guys uh, ever had, you know, email in the early 2000s, chain mail was a thing. And that was one that got passed around frequently. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you children are familiar with an with email, but with back in email. my day, if you did not forward certain emails, you would get murdered in your sleep. By a clown. By a clown. Or a yep. scary little ghost girl. Yes. Do you remember, off topic, do you remember those, like, 
videos that people would send and it's like a car like driving down like a scenic yes. bypass and all of a sudden this thing like jumps out at you I do that's, that's a core are. memory for me that yeah one of my best friends growing up um she was a couple years older than me so she did prank me with that and I came close to wetting my pants <laughs> I I think that's what kind of kick-started my trust issues and also my anxiety <laughs> as a child yeah. I was like why would you do that because they're like they tell you to focus on the car because they're like, watch what the car does. And so you're staring at this car, just driving. And then you get fucking jump scared. I think that would probably still get me. Yes. And even though I've literally seen the video. Like I know what's coming and yeah, I'm still going to jump. Yeah. I'm a very jumpy person. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, So the next one we're going to read is the guests. A young man and his wife were on a trip to visit his mother. Usually they arrived in time for supper, but they had gotten a late start and now it was getting dark. So they decided to look for a place to stay overnight and go on in the morning. Just off the road, they saw a small house in the woods. Maybe they rent rooms, the wife said. So they stopped to ask. An elderly man and a woman came to the door. They didn't rent rooms, they said, but they would be glad to have them stay overnight as their guests. They had plenty of room and they would enjoy the company. The old woman made coffee and brought out some cake, and the four of them talked for a while. Then the young couple were taken to their room. They again explained that they wanted to pay for this, but the old man said he would not accept any money. The young couple got up early the next morning before their host had awakened. On a table near the front door, they left an envelope with some money in it for the room. Then they went on to the next town. They stopped on a restaurant and had breakfast. When they told the owner where they had stayed, he was shocked. That can't be, he said. That house burned to the ground, and the man and woman who lived there died in the fire. The young couple could not believe it, so they went back to the house. Only now, there was no house. All they found was a burned-out shell. They stood staring at the ruins, trying to understand what had happened. Then the woman screamed, and the rubble was a badly burned table, like the one they had seen by the front door. And on the table was the envelope they had left that morning spooky spooky yeah and uh, and those always remind me of um like did you ever fucking read those creepy pastas and it was like the um like stories from a park ranger no not necessarily but i can like, uh, okay imagine. so this reminds me of one of those stories um so like this group of park rangers goes on like this expedition and they go through this part of the woods that like everybody warns them about and says that like weird things happen and so there's like a door in the middle of the woods and they Mm -hmm. open it and go through it and it takes them to like an alternate dimension and like it's it's basically like they walked into like the 1950s um and then there's another one like it that was horrifying it's another creepy pasta. It's not part of the park rangers ones, but these people are like going through like a town and they're out of gas. And like, there just happens to be like this old rinky dink, like gas station. And so they go in and they get like super weird vibes from this one guy that's there. It's like old gas pumps and like, um, this dude, like being super weird and creepy. And so they end up leaving and like on their way back through, they pass by where it was and it wasn't there anymore. Oh my gosh. It reminds me of Colorado. Like that, actually. Well, do you remember when we went to Colorado? Yeah, in that town that like disappeared. <laughs> yes. So, Caitlin and I have actually um, been in an alternate dimension before. Yeah. So, 
and we cannot prove it, but we did both experience the same thing. So and we so did all of our family. Family trip, yes, to Colorado Springs um, for spring break one year. So it was like us and like a bunch of cousins and like, so there was probably like 10 of us, like nine or 10. And we're all in this minivan together. And it was on the way to Colorado So we, I don't know if we're out of gas. Yes. Okay. So we did, we needed gas. And so we took this exit because it said there was like a town and it said there was a gas station. But whenever we pulled into this town, it was like the town from Footloose. It was, yes, very tiny. Like maybe there was like a hundred people that lived in this town, maybe less. I don't know. But there was like, there was no one. There's there was no, no cars one, on the road. No cars, no people. But then we're, as we're driving and we're like, we don't feel comfortable like getting out. There's this man standing on his front porch watching us. Literally, you could see his head like moving as he watched our van drive down the road. And I was like, we are not getting out. Like here, we are just going to go it. to somewhere else. <laughs> like <laughs> we will call roadside assistance if need be, but we are getting back on the highway. But then whenever we drove home, we went I the exact swear, same way. I swear we went the same way. And we could not find any signs or anything for this town. And I can't even remember for the life of me what it was called. And so, like, it creeped us out so bad. Because yeah, we, got we definitely went into, a, like, an alternate. Like, there, there was, like, some kind of, like, time portal that we had somehow stumbled into. Yeah. It was very creepy to me. And especially, like, being a young woman. Because at the time, we were, like, freshmen in college or sophomores in college. Well, so we were very young. And it's like we went to the gas station <laughs> and like it wasn't like operating. Like there's right. like no one in this town. Yeah. And it's like we couldn't do anything about it because there was like there was no one there. So it was like so creepy. So as we were trying to find the highway again is when we drove by that one house where the man was outside. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there were no other people, like no other cars. It so was insane. Oh, anyway, <laughs> so the next story we're going to read is called High Beams. This one shivers my timbers. This one do be shivering me timbers. It's especially, again, as a young woman. Okay, so the girl driving the old blue sedan was a senior at the high school. She lived on a farm about eight miles away and used the car to drive back and forth. She had driven into town that night to see a basketball game. Now she was on her way home. As she pulled away from the school, she noticed a red pickup truck follow her out of the parking lot. A few minutes later, the truck was still behind her. I guess we're going in the same direction, she thought. She began to watch the truck in her mirror. When she changed her speed, the driver of the truck changed his speed. When she passed a car, so did he. Then he turned on his high beams, flooding her car with light. He left them on for almost a minute. He probably wants to pass me, she thought, but she was becoming uneasy. Usually she drove home over a back road. Not too many people went that way, but when she turned onto that road, so did the truck. I've got to get away from him, she thought, and she began to drive faster. Then he turned his high beams on again. After a minute, he turned them off. Then he turned them on again and off again. She drove even faster, but the truck driver stayed right behind her. Then he turned on his high beams again. Once more, her car was ablaze with light. What is he doing? She wondered. What does he want? And then he turned them off again. But a minute later, he had them on again and he left them on. At last, she pulled into her driveway and the truck pulled in right behind her. 
She jumped from the car and ran to the house. Call the police, she screamed at her father. Out in the driveway, she could see the driver of the truck. He had a gun in his hand. When the police arrived, they started to arrest him, but he pointed to the girl's car. You don't want me, he said. You want him. Crouched behind the driver's seat, there was a man with a knife. As the driver of the truck explained it, the man slipped into the girl's car just before she left the school. He saw it happen, but there was no way he could stop it. He thought about getting the police, but he was afraid to leave her, so he followed her car. Each time the man in the backseat reached up to overpower her, the driver of the truck turned on his high beams. Then the man dropped down, afraid that someone might see him. Ugh, that one makes me so <laughs> sick to my stomach. <laughs> I literally hate it. I hate it so bad because it's like not only God. is it the horror of like someone's following you home and you're a young girl at night, but then the fact that it's like that's not even the bad guy in the story. There was someone literally in your backseat. Um, hate that. Hate that, hate that. So I'm going to finish this off with Harold. Harold is the scary scarecrow <clears throat> that you've maybe seen if you've ever watched the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark TV show. It is probably one of the most popular of this series. He's the icon for sure. He and they is... also they made like a Netflix movie of this not that long ago. Oh yeah, it was a that movie, includes not a Harold. TV show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this okay. Harold is like the real the real mascot. Harold is the star of this show. <laughs> and it's also a little long, so bear with me. When it got hot in the valley, Thomas and Alfred drove their cows up to a cool green pasture in the mountains to graze. Usually they stayed there with the cows for two months. Then they brought them down to the valley again. The work was easy enough, but oh, it was boring. All day, the two men tended their cows. And at night, they went back to the tiny hut where they lived. They ate supper, worked in the garden, and went to sleep. It was always the same. Then Thomas had an idea that changed everything. Let's make a doll the size of a man, he said. It'd be fun to make, and we could put it up in the garden to scare away the birds. It should look like Harold, Alfred said. Harold was a farmer they both hated. They made the doll out of old sacks stuffed with straw. They gave it a pointy nose like Harold's and tiny eyes like his. Then they added dark hair and a twisted frown. Of course, they also gave it Harold's name. Each morning on their way to the pasture, they tied Harold to a pole in the garden to scare away the birds. Each night they brought him inside so that he wouldn't get ruined if it rained. When they were feeling playful, they would talk to him. One of them might say, how are the vegetables growing today, Harold? Then the other, making believe he was Harold, would answer in a crazy voice, very slow. They would both laugh, but not Harold. When something went wrong, they took it out on Harold. They would curse at him, even kick or punch him. Sometimes one of them would take the food they were eating, which they were both sick of, and smear it on the doll's face. How do you like that stew, Harold? He would ask. Well, you'd better eat it or else. Then the two men would howl with laughter. One night, after Thomas had wiped Harold's face with food, Harold grunted. Did you hear that? Alfred asked. It was Harold, Thomas said. I was watching him when it happened. I can't believe it. How could he grunt? Alfred said. He's just a sack of straw. It's not possible. Let's throw him in the fire, said Thomas, and that will be that. Let's not do anything stupid, said Alfred. We don't know what's going on. When we move the cows down, we'll leave him behind. For now, let's just keep an eye on him. Ugh, dumb. <laughs> so, they, so they left Harold sitting in a corner of the hut. They didn't talk to him or take him outside anymore. Now and then the doll grunted, but that was all. 
After a few days, they decided there was nothing to be afraid of. Maybe a mouse or some insects had gotten inside Harold and were making those sounds. So Thomas and Alfred went back to their old ways. Each morning, they put Harold out in the garden, and each night, they brought him back into the hut. When they felt playful, they joked with him. When they felt mean, they treated him as badly as ever. Then one night, Alfred noticed something that frightened him. Harold is growing, he said. I was thinking the same thing, Thomas said. Maybe it's just our imagination, Alfred replied. We've been up here on this mountain too long. The next morning, while they were eating, Harold stood up and walked out of the hut. He climbed up on the roof and trotted back and forth, like a horse on its hind legs. All day and all night long, he trotted like that. In the morning, Harold climbed down and stood in the far corner of the pasture. The men had no idea what he would do next, and they were afraid. They decided to take the cows down into the valley that same day. When they left, Harold was nowhere in sight. They felt as if they had escaped a great danger and began joking and singing. But then they had gone only a mile or two. They realized they had forgotten to bring the milking stools. Neither one of them wanted to go back for them, but the stools were, would cost a lot to replace. There really is nothing to be afraid of, they told one another. After all, what could a doll do? They drew straws to see which one would go back. It was Thomas. I'll catch up with you, he said, and Alfred walked toward the valley. When Alfred came to rise in the path, he looked back for Thomas. He did not see him anywhere, but he did see Harold. The doll was on the roof of the hut again, and as Alfred watched, Harold kneeled and stretched out a bloody skin to dry in the sun. Bro. I gotta say, these men are very stupid. Um, they're like, what is there to be afraid of? What could a doll possibly do? I'm sorry. Come to life? Yeah, like, you gotta treat dolls with respect. Moral of the story, be nice to your dolls or they will come to life and skin you. Um, I don't understand why they were like so calm about the fact that he just walked out of the hut and climbed onto the roof. They were like, like, oh, old Harold. Oh, phew. I guess we we escaped a great danger. Um, But Ah, what could a doll do? Yeah. Fuck the milking stools. Yeah. I would have been running. As soon as Harold walked out the house, bye. Bye. The second he's probably not very fast. And especially like, hey, Harold's getting bigger. That's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's time to go. And they even thought about burning him, but didn't. Like, hello. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, it would do that. Like, I feel like that would that would have been the time to do it before he had started growing bigger. Yeah, because like he can only grunt right now. So I really thought. They were going to say, like, or, like, when he turned back, it was going to be Thomas, like, hung up like a scarecrow. <gasps> yeah. Which, I think in the movie, that's what they, they actually do. Gross. It's giving midsummer. Yeah. Ooh. Creepy. It's super creepy. <laughs> yeah. But, like, also, I just, I can't really feel that bad for the men in the story because, like, they have no self preservation instinct like i'm sorry you hear it grunt like maybe yeah i could like buy that maybe there is like a creature in there and that's what's making the noise but like as soon as it moved growing right and then no no like it's time to go somewhere else yeah and then like he walked out and climbed up on the roof okay well that's your time to escape but they were like Like, he's up on the roof we'll just stay because like what could a doll do Oh my god. Um yeah, they're really stupid and I don't feel that bad for them for that reason. 
But yeah, that wraps up the first part of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, we will continue part two in the next mini-sode after we kickstart um, hunting Adeline, or sorry, haunting Adeline. But yeah, yeah, it's a little confusing because it's like haunting Adeline, then hunting Adeline. Like they're yes. very similar, you know? Yeah, so. it's, it's different. Uh, I'm so excited to cover these, though. They are so like controversial <laughs> yes and i will say um definitely look up the trigger warnings before reading these books. and if you need to like skip these episodes that's okay uh, yeah I- uh, like <laughs> it is some very serious content we're going to be covering so yes. you know read at your own discretion definitely um and especially the um the second of the two books i i want you guys to be familiar with what content is in the books it's, before reading them it's going to be a lot darker than what we typically cover yes but i do think that they're still um good stories and i'm excited to cover them i do love hd carlton's work mm-hmm. so. well join us next week as we kick that off and as always let's get late <laughs>